Hello and you're very welcome back to the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast, a six-episode series focusing on a different part of the Jameson Graduate Programme each week. This is aimed to educate potential applicants on the programme, as well as showcase the true nature of serious character from both past and present brand ambassadors, hosted by me, Podge Henry. On the last episode, we had Emma Walsh, all the way from Bulgaria, talking to us about serious character and what it's all about. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by our content marketing executive, Connor Friel, who's going to talk to us about the graduate program structure, international experience, and rotations. Connor, how are you? Hello. How are you on? That is that is a, that is a nice that's a nice title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, as you can tell. It really just came came <laughs> came off straight away. Um, what the listeners didn't hear was it took Podge five times to say it right, but it's fine. And they will never hear. They will never hear. And that's the that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of this. Uh, Connor, Connor, how are you getting on? How, how like speaking of which, what what exactly is your role in, in as a graduate? You're you're in your third year of the graduate program, aren't you? Yeah, so the first two years of the role, I was very much like a, a brand ambassador out in market. But my role now is a little bit different. So my third year, I came back and I'm working uh, as part of the comms team and the content marketing uh, in the content marketing team as well. So I work with Emer, Justin and Andy, and we basically do everything social, essentially. So my role kind of is like an amalgamation of a lot of things. It's kind of like helping roll out campaigns. Uh, scheduling posts, working with agencies to get our content calendars ready, and also community management. So anytime you see Jemison, like leave a comment underneath the post or like a reactive tweet or something, that's that's me behind that. Very cool. And yeah. so I suppose before we talk about your journey in the program so far and, and your time out in the town, I want to talk about like, you know, your background in terms of your kind of build up to the graduate program, what you studied and why it is that you applied for the Jemison graduate program. Yeah, so I studied French and Spanish in UCD with the aim of being a secondary school teacher. But then for my year abroad, I went to Uruguay. And basically, uh, while I was there, I took a design class. I could take any classes I wanted, like provided they were taught through Spanish. So I took just took one that was called design. And the teacher at the end of it, he was like, oh, do you study this? And I was like, no, I study French and Spanish. And he was like, this is what you should be studying because... Like you're actually good at it, whereas like you're the only. <laughs> whereas the your, only... your French and Spanish is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was basically just like um like these the the rest of this you're the only international student in the class and like your grades are like up with like the top of the students in the class that are studying communications. So he was like, you should probably study something along these lines. So came back to Ireland then, finished my undergrad and did a master's in advertising. And then, so then that's kind of what that like design module in Uruguay led me into. Mm. And then did my master's in advertising in DIT. And after that, then I worked for the guts of a year as a junior art director in an ad agency back here in Dublin. But I suppose I didn't, I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting to use any of my undergrad. So like my French and Spanish were just like becoming dormant and I was just forgetting them. So the grad program was kind of like the perfect way for get for me to get my use like to get to use my creativity from the masters, but also my languages from my undergrad. So it's a great way to actually use both. Oh, what uh, do you remember? What it was like? Did you know about the graduate program prior to, you know, be doing your masters, or can you remember what your first impression of the graduate program was and where it was? Yeah, do you know what? I actually I've tried to think about this on numerous occasions. I have no idea how I found out about the program. I have a feeling I must have just got an ad on. I must have just got an ad on Instagram or Facebook or something. 
and that's what uh, like drove me to it. But I actually cannot remember how I found out about it because I didn't have any friends previously on the program. So it must have just been through like an ad online. Mm. Well, I mean, that's and that, what are you doing now? I mean, it comes around for, for, for full yeah. circle. <laughs> Advertising works, kids. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, but but uh, so in terms of like when you apply for the program, what was the application process like for you? Yeah, so basically it's the the written application and then also a two minute video. So my my video is on the the grad program's YouTube channel. But what I'd say to people is don't necessarily use mine as like the marker because basically at the time I was still working in the ad agency mm. and my best friend in there was the videographer. So basically myself and herself took a Saturday. We went into the studio, we had all the lights, we had the camera, we had the mic and we filmed it all there that day and then she edited it for me in the afternoon so like definitely try like you can look to mine if you want like kind of like to try and take creative slants on your on on your video so basically what i did was like a pairing so basically a castmates and beer pairing but i made a, a connor freel beer so i just designed up a logo and stuck that onto the outside of a beer bottle and explained why this Connor Friel beer is the perfect castmates for Jemison. So like that creativity definitely stood to me, but just in terms of production value, I'd say Danny would like don't necessarily be looking to mine for the example, just because I had really good resources at my disposal. If you have them, use them. But if not, like people film their stuff on an iPhone or on any mobile, like and they get onto the program. So it's more the the quality of your content as opposed to like the quality of the video image will say itself. Exactly. As you mentioned there, like creativity, same with myself as well. Like people, you know, videos, I put a lot of effort into my video, but that is because, and same with you, my, my selling point, well, obviously you the languages too, but my selling point was my creativity. And like, mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of showcase that I can make content. So naturally enough, that's what I was going to utilize, which is that skill. Whereas people, we've had people who were talking on the podcast um, who, who've said that they've, it was literally just them in front of a camera talking for two minutes. And it was about the content, as you said, of their serious character and why they suit mm -hmm. the brand. And then as, as we know, you go on from that from assessment centers. So what was your experience of assessment centers like? Yeah, actually just my last point on the video, I went over time-wise and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm only kind of like a, a little bit over, but like my recommendation to everyone as well is stick to the two minute thing, uh, stick to the two minute limit just because the idea is that like at two minutes the grab program we're going to stop watching so if you something really cool at the end they're just not going to see it <laughs> so uh i just recommend like just really distilling it down like the best way i've heard it described was like you talking about whiskey and like triple distillation if you keep like distilling down what content you want to put into your video like once you bring it down to those two minutes that means you're only including like the most important relevant bits. And that's actually a really important skill as a brand ambassador is to be able to like distill ideas down and just make it like the perfect idea. Mm. So yeah, like just keep editing it down or like tweaking the tweaking the script or whatever, just to get yourself down to the two minutes. Um, Cause you don't want, as I said, you want something cool at the end that maybe no one's ever gonna see. True, true. And then, so then what was the assessment centers like for you? Uh, assessment centers are really fun. Like I at the round one assessment center, I had actually two friends of mine uh, that came, that happened to be on the same assessment center today. So it was myself and Darren McCardle mm. who ended up then, and I knew him from college. So he ended up going to Paris, 
and then on to Canada. And now he's like uh, assistant brand manager uh, for some other brands in Canada. So like he's already, he's someone that started with me, but has already graduated off the program almost a year ago um, into an assistant brand manager role. Which is a good leeway into your topic today, because your topic today is in terms of rotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so do you want to talk about, you know, briefly your journey in terms of your market, where you were based and, and your rotations? So it's an initial 12 month contract with the extension then performance depending for uh, another 12 month contract or a final third 12 month contract. Yeah, and I think I noticed that more so in my in my first rotation markets. So basically after my first year in Argentina, I was like going home and going to Spain. I just had in my head, I really, really wanted to go to Spain. And then I just had like conversations with my manager, Maria. So she was the, the market lead for all of, of all of Latin America. And she was just saying like, for what I wanted out of the program. So basically, in your first rotation, like performance depending, you like reapply for another role in the program. So again, you make a two minute video of what you've done in your first year of the program. And also you do a written application where then you can specify two markets where you'd like to go to and why. Mm. So basically in that application, I was just like Madrid, really want to go to Madrid. And then just having conversations with Maria, she was just like, for what you want to, for what you've said, you want to get out of the program in the next year versus the markets you've put down. Th- like there's a mismatch. Mm. So she was like, really, have you considered the new role in the Caribbean? So we've never had an ambassador in the Caribbean before. And I was like, to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it. I was so set on Spain, and she was just like, look, for what you want, the Dominican or the Caribbean or the Dominican Republic will be able to give you the experience that you're after. And also, like, it's always a great opportunity to, like, originate an ambassador role in a new country. So, yeah, because basically, like, anything you do, it's, like, the first time that they'll have ever seen it with the, with a, with a brand ambassador in, in that region. So in year two, then, I was the brand ambassador for the Caribbean, based out of the Dominican Republic. But that meant, like, traveling a lot to different countries. So mainly to Puerto Rico, and then obviously, thanks to COVID, that kind of, a travel, there, there was a stop put to all the travel. But the idea was I was meant to be going to like the Bahamas, the US Virgin <laughs> Islands, St. Kitts. Like, you think of any like beautiful Caribbean island, that's where I was meant to be going. And then COVID hit. So, so it is great that, you know, the, the team certainly take into consideration not only where you suit, but what it is you want to get out of the program. Yeah. Um, and again, this goes back to the whole personal professional development and, and you definitely get in, you get out what you put in. And typically for, for, for those who are listening, you would then stay in that second rotation for, for two years. But you, mm-hmm. you had a, a different experience. You, you're back in Ireland now. Yeah, so this isn't necessarily the norm. So I did my first year in Argentina, second year in the Caribbean, and now for my third year, I'm back in Ireland. So I suppose, again, just given my background in with my master's and having worked in an agency, this role makes sense for me to, to slot into for the third year. So I think there are situations that if someone is particularly suited for a role, then uh, a second rotation might occur. And basically, like, I wanted this role from the start as well. And again, hadn't made a secret of it. So kind of coming back to the if you don't ask, you don't get kind of mentality. Like people knew from the very get go of like uh, of uh, induction back in 2018 that I wanted this role at like at some stage. So 
uh, it wasn't a surprise to anyone then when the second rotation came up that I was applying for this role. And for those who are listening as well, this year we are looking for placements in, in Africa, Asia, Europe and Latam. So, so which, which is incredible because a lot of those countries that you mentioned there, you, you might have gone to them if not for the fact that you were on the program. And I think that's something that people always take out of the program is this incredible culture change, um, often a culture shock straight away. What, what was it like for you when you moved? Was there any kind of, I know you've lived in Uruguay before, so you might have been used to the to Latam, but was there anything that you found very difficult to settle in or, or when you first arrived? Like, to be honest, I, I was very lucky as well. So normally when you get out to market, you have like the like the local team helps you like try and find a place to live and they kind of put you up in a hotel or whatever to get you to get you on your feet to make sure you're settled uh, before, you know, they kind of throw you out into like the role of a brand ambassador. Yeah. Like, you obviously need to get settled first. But in Argentina, there was actually like a brand ambassador's house. So basically, that just made it really easy for me to to move into. So basically, there was uh, a Chivas ambassador and a Beefeater ambassador. So that's not the norm at all. Uh, but it just so happened that in Argentina, they had that initiative. So I was able to just move straight. Like, I got off the plane and moved straight into a house. Um, but yeah, as I said, that's... That's not necessary. That's not the norm on the program, but that's kind of what happened for me. And what is what was your experience? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but you were on Argentina's biggest radio station when you were out there. In your oh my god, yeah, serious baptism of fire. That's why I'm such a pro on this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm only> <laughs> <laughs> no uh, so basically, yeah, uh, there's uh, radio is huge in Argentina. It's incredible how popular a medium it still is. So they're the most listened to radio show on the most listened to radio station is called uh, Perros de la Cache. So basically I got there on the Sunday evening and on the Friday morning, they, I jumped in a taxi with one of my colleagues and we went down and we had like a 10 minutes Jemison segment. And that was a weekly segment that the brand had already established. So I just had to like come in and go live on air on the most popular radio station in Argentina. And that was my Friday morning for pretty much the entire year. I just go down with like drinks are kind of, it'd be kind of towards noon. So they were kind of talking about, you know, like, oh, start your weekend with Jemison and uh, just make drinks for the guys and just chat about what I'd be doing. Um, but yeah, it's a bit crazy. And how many people was that, was that going out to? I think... Oh, I want to say they had like 400,000 daily listeners or something. That's just, I'm not sure. Maybe it's more than that. I actually have no idea. Just below what, what this goes out to, which, which is 400. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's, why I'm not, that's why I'm not uh, so nervous. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was crazy. And actually, like, because even every day I'd get, or if I was getting a taxi to the radio station, like the taxi drivers were always listening to it. Like, or like I'd jump in and they were like, it would happen that people were like, were you just on the radio? Because they they'd pick me up from the studio, so and they and then like as soon as I open my big Irish mouth, they hear it. Or like another time, myself and one of the sales rep, we flew to Mar del Plata, so it was like a two-hour-long flight down like the down the coast of Argentina, and we we're out for dinner one night, and we were, must have been just chatting about work or whatever, and we were at like this like big shared table, and we were just chatting away, and this like these lads like across from us just kind of interrupted our conversation. They're like, sorry, are you Connor from the radio? And I was like, what? And he was like, do you go on to the Paris de la Cache uh, like, uh, show every week? And I was like, 
Yes, because they, they maybe heard us talking about Jemison because, like, we were there on a work trip. Mm. Um, but as I said, yeah, like, talking about Jemison and then, as I said, like, my Irish accent would definitely still be coming out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a different city, like, kind of a couple of hundred kilometers away, someone recognized my voice like, that... from the table. So that just shows how big radio still is in Argentina. It's crazy. That is not, it's gas because obviously you didn't know that was going to be your job and that's kind of again this comes back to the whole serious character piece where you're kind of thrown kind of stepping out of your comfort zone you might have done radio before but look you own it and and apparently you've done a great job because people from other cities are recognizing you you're <laughs> no, no no recognition over here no people aren't saying you're kind of real. No, even though those actually it, it's it, it's nice the connection that they have uh with the the bow street distillery so normally the, the four hosts of paris Cache every for every saint patrick's day they come over, I think, like the end of March and do a couple of transmissions from Bow Street. So, like, they're real super fans of the brand. They really, really love Jemison. So they, and it, it happens really early in the morning. So they go into Bow Street and then broadcast uh, from our brand homes for a couple of days every year. And what was, because you talk about there, what, what, what um, like, you know, the, the growth of the brand over in that on those markets what was your role as a brand ambassador because you've asked everyone who's come on the show because every market is so different what was kind of mm. your main focus in those markets in a time my really it was just uh like brand awareness so just to get people understanding exactly what jemison is what irish whiskey is the difference between uh irish scotch or bourbon like really really education focused so whether that's doing like tastings or events and then also uh, glass in hand. So I don't know if anyone else has been using these terms, but glass in hand just means people basically just tasting our product. So if you make them up like a JGL, or actually in Argentina, it was a Jemison lemon. So it would be Jemison with uh, like a lemon-lime uh, mixer and mm. then uh, lemon. So a slightly different serve over there, yeah. just because ginger ale... Ginger ale isn't common, like nobody drinks ginger ale, so there's a slight, a slight change in the... In the in the drink serve in Argentina. So yeah, you know, so every every market does have their nuance, of course. Yeah. Um, and then when we talk about so so when you rotated to the Caribbean, like when when is typical rotations? Like when for for people who are listening in terms of rotations, when when do they happen? When is it that you that you kind of pack up and, and move to another market? Yeah. So basically, uh, the way it works is you put in your application. I think around April, mm-hmm. and then kind of May June, typically you find out. Uh, where you're going, you might you might also need to do more interviews. It's not just like fill up your application and, and then you're going. Like you might have to have interviews and meet your new team and just to make sure that you're the correct fit for that new market. As well as that, um, that there's also the, the it depends on market availability too. So you know, yeah, there's, exactly. bra- there's brand ambassadors who would all who would suit for certain markets, um, often more than one. But again, it's back to that whole brand ava- or the market availability thing, and then that's the purpose of the reapplication and and, and the interviews. Yeah. And then it's kind of like towards the end of August, then you'd have your rotation. So the real good thing about the program is, is normally if someone's come to replace you, that means you have a week handover. So you have a week where you can just show them all the ropes of kind of like what to do, where to go, say like for a tasting. Like, so I would have uh, gotten a a, a handover from from Kieran Gaffney Mm -hmm. when he went to, when he went to the States after I arrived in Argentina and you know, he was telling me, okay, like, this is where your glasses are. And, like, to prep for your, like, to prep for your tasting, you need to, like, wash these glasses. You need to polish these glasses. You need your little 
uh, pieces of glass that sit on top of your whiskey glass so it doesn't start to evaporate. Like, there's so much to it. Like, I just remember some some days, like, being a BA, you'd think, like, oh, I, I just have a tasting later on. But then just a tasting, there's so much prep that goes into it. Mm. Like, if you, have a, if you have a tasting for 20 people, we'll say, uh, or 25 people, they all need four little whiskey glasses each to try the portfolio. So that means you should bring over 100 glasses. You need to wash 100 glasses, polish 100 glasses, get the little like glass things that sit on top, then go to the event, set all that stuff up, do your tasting, clean it all up, go home and clean again. And like that's that's like a full day's work. Like It sounds like an hour-long tasting doesn't sound like a lot, but it's all the kind of prep that goes into it before and after mm. and it's kind of just like the ambassadors to just to go and so get it done there's a lot of, there's a lot of detail of course that goes into the roles of the brand ambassador but then so you'd have the handover um and then when would it then you would you'd have the handover and then if it was the vice versa you'd have you'd be handing over so you would have handed over to ushing um, and yep. at the time that he replaced he replaced you and then when was it you set off to 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 the caribbean then yeah, so basically I had my week with Oshin in Buenos Aires, which was great. And then normally then you could just fly straight to your market, but I had to wait for a visa. So I had to come back to Ireland, wait for a visa, and then go to the Dominican Republic. Mm. But had the visa process been quicker, I could have flown just from Buenos Aires up to Santo Domingo, as, as opposed to like coming home in between. And do you but have... it's kind of just visa dependent. So I mean... Connor, it seems like you've had an absolute incredible experience uh, on the program and, and in your rotations and where you've been. Do you have like a highlight? And meeting oh, me, right. meet, meeting me can't be the highlight. You got to go with something, something else. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard <laughs> to top, but I'll I, I, I have a thing. Um, no, like genuinely, like just seeing the world has been insane. Like in this program, I've seen so many different countries that I've never been to before and like in like a working capacity to so say again like this isn't like a normal ba like i've been extremely lucky in the opportunities that uh, have been afforded to me over the course of the the last like two and a half years but basically as soon as i got to argentina like a week later we had our pernil rica argentina conference in sweden so i had a week in argentina and then with my new team we all flew to sweden together um, we were there for a week, so we visited like the Absolute Distillery and like we had our conference there and all our meetings to talk about kind of like the performance of the last year and the plans for the coming year. So we got to go to Sweden. As my in my role in Argentina, I got to see so many different cities across Argentina, like ones you would never visit if you were just there as a tourist. Mm. Then I also got to go back to Uruguay because the BA in Argentina covers Argentina and Uruguay. Yeah. So it was really nice to get to go back to some of the old haunts that I would have been uh, frequenting on my year abroad uh, in, in uh, third year college. And then after that, in the May of my first year on the program, basically Pernod Ricard Absolute in India put out like a global casting call to all Pernod Ricard employees being like, if you want to feature in a new ad campaign called Born Colourless, send us some headshots and tell us like why you want to be part of it. So I just sent off some headshots and like wrote up a little piece of why I believed in the program or why I believed in their campaign. And then like two weeks later, myself and seven other Pernarica, 17 other Pernarica employees were all flown to Bulgaria as part of like a three-day shoot for a global ad campaign. <clears throat> so we were like front and center 
up at the front of and like on like so our faces have been on billboards oh i've India. seen I've, I've seen those photos <laughs> yeah beautiful <laughs> so they've been so our faces have been like so random people in like india have seen my face on a billboard and like on their tv as well like we would have featured in the in the tv ad and, so think... that, and that, that was all in one year like the argentina uruguay uh sweden bulgaria that was all in one year and then in the second year like it feels like so much but then when i was in the dominican republic that was a country i probably never would have visited had i not been sent there as the ba then got to go to puerto rico uh as well a few times because uh, i was basically working across two teams the the dominican team and then also the caribbean team that was based out of fort lauderdale in in uh in florida so we went up to Florida as well for like our team meeting and like I'd never been to Miami either. <laughs> like I feel like I've just seen so much of the world on the program. Which is absolutely incredible. Again, this goes back to the experience you get in the program while also being able to kind of um, progress professionally. And now you're in a role which it is you want to pursue in the first place, which which is pretty, pretty cool. And you've worked and are working on some really cool shoots at the moment for, for the Jameson Global team too. Yeah, so we're actually on site at the minute. So basically, just due to like COVID restrictions, we can't really have that many people here on the shoot. So it's just myself and Louis are kind of like behind the camera and like getting stuff organized. And then we have uh, three cast members in. So it's basically just like we'll set up a shot. The cast members are kind of like kind of like waiting outside with their masks, and then they come in and then uh, basically just trying to shoot, trying to shoot uh, St. Patrick's Day stuff, but in a in a COVID context. So it is definitely a challenge because we have to like take a picture, WhatsApp it to the team for approval. Normally people <laughs> would just be here. Yeah, but then yeah. we have to WhatsApp it uh, over for approval and get feedback like that. So it's just like, it kind of, it's a big part of being a brand ambassador. It's just that adaptability. Like how can you make shoes work even though you can't have people on site? So it's kind of just that thing of like overcoming challenges. So even if it's as simple as having the the team WhatsApp and people like asking for changes or approving photos, that's uh, like pretty much it. Just find the find the way it works and make it happen. Well, it sounds sounds very fun, Colin. Before we finish up, I want to ask you: Do you have any tip for those who are listening and considering to apply for the James International Graduate Program? What would be your top tip to them? Oh, like as cliche as it sounds, and like I even hate myself saying it, but it's like just be yourself, especially in your video, because don't be thinking what you think the grad program want to hear from you. Mm. Just kind of just be your honest self. Cause like ask training or like when you meet the team, they'll be like, Oh, this person's totally different to the person they portrayed themselves as, as their video and you won't progress any further. So just really just like try and be yourself and have a bit of crack with it. Because basically like with the video, there's no CV. Like you don't send in a big long CV. Like your video is your CV. And for me, like a huge part of that is just showing that you can speak clearly and be understood for two minutes. Like that's the key to the video. So like, don't film outside when it's windy. Like, even if it looks real nice, just go inside. Because really it's about the quality of what you're saying, but also the quality of how you're saying it. Like being outside or you can't really hear you, that's not going to stand to you at all. Like just go inside and stand behind the wind, stand behind the window if you want the background, but like, the main thing is like you want to be heard and be seen to be a good speaker because that's a huge part of the role. Like you have to get up and give presentations to or give tastings to maybe five people in a bar or 
100 people at an event. So you just need to be like a good, confident speaker. So show that in the video because that's one of the most important parts of the role. And just on that, for those who are thinking of applying for the Jameson International Graduate Programme, applications close Wednesday the 24th of February at 1pm. That's Wednesday 24th of February at 1pm and you can submit applications through our website jamesongraduateprogram.com where of course you can also get in touch with us as well as our social channels at Jameson Grad Prog. Connor, it was great talking to you and it was amazing hearing your experience and how incredible it has been so far. On the next episode, I'll be joined by Shane Dempsey, our brand ambassador in Dubai, who'll be talking to us all about getting a work-life balance right. From all us here in the Jameson Graduate Program and Collaborative Studios, thanks for listening and see you next episode.